the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, as I was writing this Good Friday sermon, um, Emily Dickinson's poem, Tell It Slant, just kept going through my head over and over again. So it started to become kind of a, a perspective that I could take to look at the scripture. And the poem is this, tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies, too bright for our infirm delight. The truth's superb surprise. Well, Dickinson is warning us that as humans, we want our truth to be moderated. Fearful and defended, we have a hard time with brutal truth or truth right in our face. But she's also hinting at this superb surprise that is hidden in the truth. Each year on Good Friday, we find a grace-filled surprise for us hidden in the truth of Christ's death. We are reminded that the Gospel of John is very different than the more tell-it-slant Gospels of Mark, Matthew, and Luke. Those Gospels add dramatic detail to mitigate the shock of the Messiah willingly walking to a gruesome and degrading death. But John's Gospel does not. In those synoptic Gospels, Jesus asks for the cup of suffering to be taken from him. He is deserted by all his disciples. He absorbs the jeers of save yourself. He has someone else carry his cross. He talks to the crucified thieves. He forgives his tormentors and at last cries out Psalm 22 about the abandonment of God. The curtain in the temple does not split. The Jesus of these Gospels are truth told slant, still truth, but with the full drama of the passion. John's Gospel, which begins with Jesus' cosmic presence in Genesis, is clear about Christ's earthly mission and ends with a forthright sureness of Jesus' acceptance of the cross. When 600 soldiers are led by Judas into the garden to arrest Jesus with torches, with weapons, the eyewitness account of John tells us, Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward and asked them, For whom are you looking? And they answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus replied, I am he. They stepped back and fell to the ground. Now, I've been watching quite a few murder mysteries during this pandemic, and I must say that's a very odd reaction to the suspect identifying himself falling to the ground. But it's so odd that Jesus asked them again, for whom are you looking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he answered, I told you that I am he. And Jesus steps forward. He steps forward. Why is this I am statement of Jesus so powerful that it knocks the soldiers to their knees? Because Jesus is using the very same words that Yahweh used at the burning bush. When Moses asks, who shall I tell them sent me? And God replies, I am who I am. Say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. We don't know what to make of this name for God, the I am. 
I am in Hebrew basically means I exist. God tells Moses to tell the Israelites that God exists and has sent someone to save them. We can connect that Jesus to the one here in the garden when he uses the same words to show us that God exists and the I am has come. The Gospel of John makes it clear that the God of the Exodus Passover is the God who came as Christ to be the I am with us, to save us. Jesus makes seven other astounding I am claims in the Gospel of John that lead to his death because they reveal the details of his upside-down kingdom. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. John states the point of his gospel is that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John connects Jesus' I am statements in a through line to the cross. This is a Jesus who knows what is happening and gives himself up willingly. You know, when we think of the blood of the Lamb over the doorways of the people of Israel to spare them from the angel of death and the plagues, we see that as a sign of deliverance and care. But we think of Christ on the cross, bruised and battered, and we have a hard time reconciling Jesus as that same Passover Lamb. But we say it in our communion service, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. At Passover, this blood was a sign of life, the deliverance from death. It was like those stickers, at least we used to have on our house, to alert firefighters that there are pets or children inside the house and not to forget them when the rescue comes. It was a sign of rescue and the goodness of God. On Good Friday, we can remember our baptism when we are buried with Christ in his death. The baptismal liturgy tells us that we are led out of bondage like the children of Israel through his death and resurrection. We are marked as Christ's own forever. What is the sign we are marked with? It is the sign of the cross, an instrument of torture and death. We are marked like the sign above the door at Passover saying, Nothing more needs to be done here. This is the mark of paid in full. The Gospel of John is read on Good Friday because it is the only gospel that has the most powerful statement we will ever hear or need to hear. It is finished. Christ says, it is finished, as his last words. We cannot hear this enough from Jesus. In Greek, it meant paid in full, or completed. We are saved not by what we do, but by what Christ has done. Take off your religious super cape and put it in a drawer. You won't need it anymore. You do not need to earn God's love, acceptance, or forgiveness. It is done. It is finished. You have been made complete by Christ. 
Nothing you can do will ever change the completeness of Christ's loving sacrifice for you. God has out-sacrificed you on the cross and ended that system forever. You know, Sally Lloyd-Jones wrote, Jesus could have climbed down off the cross. Actually, he could have just said a word and made it all stop. Like when he healed that little girl and stilled the storm and fed the 5,000 people. But Jesus stayed. You see, it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus there. It was love. A grace-filled surprise hidden in the cross. You know, as I read the scriptures this year, possibly coming out of the pandemic, but still being out of church, I wonder if maybe this day, Good Friday, is a day to admit and recognize my rescue story. A day to say thank you for putting the rescue sign on my head when I didn't even know it. A day for those of us who have felt the I am life preserver and come to stand overwhelmed at the foot of the cross. Amen.